Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. Each week, Andy shares interviews with talent development professionals, thought leaders, and experts to share best practices, learn about the latest trends, and find out what has been successful in the world of talent development. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you're joining me today for another great episode to help you up your game and improve your work in talent development. And today we are talking about building a grow from within culture. That's a culture that focuses and prioritizes hiring from within and promoting from within above hiring from the outside. And that's not to say that you wouldn't hire from outside, but that the priority is on filling roles internally and promoting and hiring from within. My guest today on the podcast is Julianne Miles. Julianne is the head of talent at Siva Logistics. She is an HR leader with extensive experience in talent and leadership development, talent acquisition, and university relations. She's an expert in large-scale program development and process design, helping several multinational companies attract, inspire, and retain the right talent. Julianne is a native Texan who has spent her career in Houston with a brief overseas assignment in Southampton, England, and she has worked in a variety of industries, including consulting, oil and gas, manufacturing, media, and logistics. Julianne is a master multitasker, balancing her career and a family of five at home. She's a dedicated wife and mother, and outside of work, she's often found on the sidelines supporting her daughters and their love of sports. And now I've known Julianne for more than two years now since she showed up at the first Talent Development Think Tank Conference in January 2020, back when she worked for an oil and gas company. And she was one of our founding members of the Talent Development Think Tank community when we started it back in the summer of 2020 after the pandemic started. And I've gotten to know Julianne quite well through the conference and the community. And she's just been an absolute wealth of knowledge and experience and a joy to be around. And I know everyone loves 
talking with her and learning from her in the community. And I know she has dug in and learned a lot from others. She also attended our talent development think tank retreat that I hosted back in January of 2022 in Orlando. It was kind of a small gathering where we really masterminded for a couple days on different topics around talent development. And I'm excited that Julianne's going to be joining us again at the next talent development think tank conference coming up in February of 2023. So if you like what you hear from Julianne and you're not yet a member of the community and you haven't bought your ticket for the conference, make sure you check that out. The conference again is coming up February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. And the website for that is tdtt.us slash conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. All right, without further ado, here is my interview with Julianne Miles on creating a grow from within culture. All right. I am joined now by Julianne Miles, who is the head of talent at Siva Logistics. And just so excited to have you on, Julianne. Welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Happy to have you. This is, I feel like it's been a long time coming. I think we first met when you showed up at the first talent development think tank conference in January 2020 with a different company back then. But you were, I think, one of the first people to buy tickets when we were just putting that together and weren't really sure, is anybody actually going to come to this? And Joanna Graham bought tickets, sort of gave me that boost of confidence that this is going to work. And luckily, we had a lot more people buy tickets, and you were there for the first conference. Yes, it was a it was an awesome event and, and very grateful for that activity because it's kind of opened doors in so many other ways. But I will tell you, I think the key to ensuring that people show up to future events is ensuring that they are in wine country, is that was... <laughs> I remember that was attractive to you. One of the major hooks that made it very attractive to me, not knowing what the think tank was, that was the hook. And then I was pleasantly surprised by the connections that I made and the the content of the actual conference. So, but that feels like decades ago. I know, I know. So long ago, two and a half years. And as you know, we are bringing the conference back in February of 2023. It's going to be back at the Grand Hyatt Wine Country in Santa okay. Rosa, California. I knew I needed to put it back there to, to entice you to buy a ticket again. And I know you are have already bought a ticket. You're one of our, again, first people to buy a ticket for the next event. So I'm excited that you're coming back. Yes, I, I am very much looking forward to coming back and seeing everybody in 3D again. Ah, it's going to be so great. And I've long wanted to bring you on the podcast because I know that you've been involved in so many different things around talent development, especially in your current role, managing a lot of different things. And you know, one of the things I, I want to get into, uh, you know, our theme for today is is building a culture by promoting talent through, you know, from within. Something I know you're big on there at Siva. Another thing I want to kind of touch on as we we get into the interview is how you manage your time, because I know you are responsible for so many things. But I want to start with a little bit of your background and ask, you: know, how did you get into talent development in the first place? It, it was definitely a, a roundabout journey. I, it's, it's a funny story. I actually started my career out of college as a tax accountant, which is very hmm. random. But it opened a lot of doors in a big organization. So I was working for PricewaterhouseCoopers, one of the big four at the time. Actually, I think it started as big five. And then by the time I left, it was big four. But quickly learned it was not my expertise nor my passion. So I had always supported the cal- the college recruiting team to really go out and recruit, you know, the entry level hires to come into the organization. So really enjoyed that an opportunity presented itself and really started my career on the HR side in the college recruiting space and spent probably about 10 years doing that for PricewaterhouseCoopers and then moved into BP. And when I went to BP, that really kind of opened up a, a, a much bigger opportunity as it comes to talent development by getting into more of a, out of recruiting and into the kind of current employees, how do we then develop from within 
working with some early career development programs, mid-career development programs, and supported those for a piece of the um, upstream business. So that's kind of how I got my transition from recruiting into talent development. And then it just kind of grew from there. Went back into recruiting for a little bit, decided it really wasn't where I enjoyed working the most. I really enjoyed the development side of things. And Mm. so I've kind of focused the roles following that one back on talent development. Yeah. Those two fields are often closely joined or people work closely with each other. And sometimes I see like with you, someone who's sort of head of talent development is also overseeing talent acquisition or recruiting. I sometimes get that confusion if I'm talking to people from well outside of the space and they hear I work in talent development, they just say, oh, you were in recruiting. And I'm like, no, 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 that has nothing to do with recruiting. Like, I don't even understand recruiting. It's a whole different ball game, but you've been in both spaces. I have. And I think, and I always say, this is the first role where I've been able to pull all of the various different parts of talent that I've worked with. And I'm now involved in all of them. So I do have a, a, my part of my role is focused on talent acquisition and that's both entry level and experience hiring and then also development. So learning and development, which is traditionally what a lot of people refer to when they speak of talent development. And then also what we call talent management, which is more focused on performance, succession planning, employee engagement. So my role is definitely full scope, which is a lot to balance, but they are very closely aligned. You know, how you hire somebody into the organization should be relatively consistent and how you measure them as an employee and how you develop them to grow within the organization itself. So. Mm. And I know you work in logistics now, but I know you've you've spent a lot of time working in the oil and gas industry. You mentioned BP and and others, and you worked for C-Drill. I've worked a little bit in the oil and gas industry and learned quickly that it's a very cyclical industry, right? There's very up and down, you know, oil prices are high and we're hiring and we're building and we're doing oil prices drop and we're laying people off. And then you're now possibly losing people from the industry and have to go recruit others. How did that impact the way you approach talent development when you think about the, the cyclical nature of the industry? Uh, you, you know, it's interesting because I think, ironically, a lot of things like workforce planning come into play where you need to make sure that you're kind of planning for those ups and downs and, and, and building a structure where you can ebb and flow. And that can be accomplished through, you know, cross-training and upskilling and, and leveraging your internal workforce before you do a lot of external hiring only to turn around and have to lay those individuals off. So I think over the years, you know, especially when I was with BP, that was something that they did really well. And it really wasn't until you had the big market, you know, kind of corrections of, of 2016, where you saw the heavy layoffs and kind of the balancing of, of the ups and, you know, the minor ups and downs that kind of take place in between. I think you kind of mm. have to look at workforce planning is a key, a key part of that. Yeah, absolutely. So really like looking ahead and, and trying to plan things out where it's going to be and try not to hire too much, but also you need people to, to be ready. And, and now you are in this capacity in a, in a logistics firm. And I know from talking with you before that SIVA and what you're building there is big on this idea of promoting from within, you know, creating the culture where you can leverage the talent that you already have versus having recruiters that are out there always bringing in new talent from outside. And every company thinks about this differently, but I don't think we've done an interview, a conversation or, or, or an episode specifically on this topic on the podcast. So how do you think about this idea of promoting within and how do you build a culture that really grows more from within versus, you know, always looking to, to pull in people from outside? Yeah. I mean, I think from, from our perspective on the, especially within the logistics industry, this is something that's so 
want to say somewhat new. It's it's something that everybody's been aware of and they've always thought is a priority, but just given the massive explosion of the industry just because of the COVID, you know, COVID effect, if you will, and just the the history of, of the organization that I'm currently working with, we kind of went from zero to 60 overnight with needing to hire. And I have an enormous recruiting team that does a phenomenal job of hiring, you know, the external, the external candidates. I think the challenge that we're facing now is just the market is very unique. It's a very tight market. We're starting to see it shift a little bit. But, you know, the last couple of years, it's been, you know, kind of the candidates market and how do we fight for the talent when everybody else is in the same boat? When I first joined the organization last August, it was very obvious to me. I said, you know, we're kind of beating our heads against the wall a little bit because we're going after the same people over and over again. We need to find additional talent pools that, that I would call untapped to kind of, you know, open up additional flow. You know, I used to think of kind of like candidate flow as a faucet, right? And we've got to start turning on a couple different faucets so that we can get the candidates in the door that we need in order to support the influx of work that we have. So, you know, one of which being, internal, right? Are we really maximizing the capability of our internal workforce? And if not, what do we need to do to get them ready? And how do we then promote that internal opportunity? And then two, what are some of the different areas that we don't have that faucet turned on that we can get moving? Things like university recruiting, that was not something that we did as an organization in any sort of organized fashion, right? We didn't have a presence on certain universities in a structured in cohesive way. So we've kind of built that as an opportunity to, to get the influx coming in at the professional level early in career, and then obviously providing opportunities to progress within the organization. Uh, and then we're looking to expand that to various different aspects of what we do as an organization, whether that be you know programs that are feeding more of our warehouse type driven roles, some of our specialist roles like forklift drivers, we do a lot of work with forklifts. And so, you know, what are we, how are we partnering with training grounds and training companies to bring in the entry-level folks to, again, provide that pipeline so that individuals have an opportunity to move from internal and then progressing into different roles. You bring up a good point. Like What I'm thinking when I hear you talk about this is that because you have such a large blue-collar workforce, right? people that are on the front lines doing work, hourly workers, um, those types of jobs can often turn out to be transient with people, you know, coming in and out. And so you've got to put a good system in place that incentivizes people to want to stay with mm-hmm. one organization so that then you can train them and move them up. And how do you, how do you create that culture and retain a lot of those workers? I mean, it's something that we actually have to work out every day, right? It, it's, it's not something that you can kind of, you know, set it and forget it. We work really hard to think about what is it that is driving employees to leave? And then what are we doing to help encourage them to stay? You know, one thing we have as an organization is we, from a SEBA perspective, we have ambitions. And one of our ambitions is, is to be an employer of choice. And when they announced that as, as kind of our top five ambitions for the company, I kind of kind of st- took a step back and was like, what's that mean? What does it mean to be an employer right. of choice? And, and it really comes down to people get out of bed every day and they decide to go back to work for the company that they're with, right? They get up and they make that active choice literally mm-hmm. every day. Am I going to go in or is today the day that I turn in my notice? And our goal is to make sure that they're making that choice to return. And what are we doing to ensure that they're making that choice based upon things that we're providing them, the value that they feel that they're giving the organization? Do they feel connected? Are they engaged? And do they have the opportunity to grow with us? Because if we don't provide them those things, they're going to choose not to come back. 
which means the turnover is going to increase and we're going to see that attrition that we don't necessarily want to see. So how do I, how do I work within the space that I can control from a talent perspective to ensure that we're providing the things in the environment that employees are choosing to come back? And that's where I really come back with, you know, I say this over and over again, employees want to feel valued, connected, and have that opportunity to grow. So what are we doing to give them that feeling mm. so that they choose to come back to SEVA, whether it's that forklift driver in a warehouse or the head of finance, right? Everybody wants to feel valued, connected, and have that opportunity to grow. So how yeah. do I support that for talent? Absolutely. I agree. And when I talk to people all the time in different places, you know, that if those things are missing, Think about what people really want. People want fulfillment in their careers. I've talked about it on the podcast many times in the past, right? And the two things that I believe drive fulfillment are growth and contribution. Do you feel like you're able to grow? And do you feel like your work matters? Do you feel like it's valued, like you said? And then there's that connection piece, as you mentioned. Someone shared a study with me before that showed that the more connections, the real connections someone has in the workplace, the more likely they are to stay, right? When they don't have those connections, it's a lot easier to leave. And some could say, that with everybody working remotely during the pandemic, that's why the Great Recession started, or not the Great Resignation, I mean, right. Great Resignation started because people were less connected with their right. coworkers, right? I'm just sitting here at home with my kids. I could be working anywhere. And I think it's driven by culture too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can provide good pay, you can provide all those things, but if the culture does not promote that connectivity and that sense of value right. and that opportunity to grow, then people are going to continue to to find somewhere that they do feel like they fit. And so I think it's important. I think a lot of companies look at, you know, how's our pay compare or what are the benefits that we're providing? And those are all important things. But if you don't address the culture as well, you know, I call that the white space. So if you think about, you know, benefits being a little bubble and compensation being a little bubble and even development programs, training programs, as little bubbles. Those are all things that are going to support our desire to be an employer of choice. But if we don't look at the white space, which is the culture, which are those everyday interactions of people working together, you know, in their workday, having conversations, being respectful from, you know, all those things, then people are again, again, choose to go work somewhere else. Yep. It's giving them that reason to take that call from, you know, somebody who's looking to hire them, hire them away. Yep. Yeah. And the frontline workers I know are in big demand in a lot of places. So you talk about the culture. This is really important. And, you know, there are some things you can do from an organizational level. You mentioned pay, you know, offering competitive pay and benefits, work hours. I'm sure there's a lot of other things you can do from an organizational perspective. But when I think about what's going to drive retention and that culture and connectedness and all the things you talked about, especially at the front lines, I think the most important factor is going to be the manager, right? Who is leading that person or that group, how do you make sure that your managers, especially those frontline leaders are on board with this and they are doing the right things to retain their talent? Yeah. I I mean, again, to me, it comes back to culture. Are we setting the expectation that prioritizing people to create that respectful and and recognized workplace where that employee feels like they're being recognized does come down to culture and then preparing people for that role. So if you are taking a position where you are now leading others, we have to do our job from a, from a you know, talent development perspective to ensure that we've given that person the proper tools to be successful. You know, not everybody is innately skilled on people management and you know, folks aren't created equally in that space. So how are we systematically approaching it to say, okay, as you assume into this role from individual contributor to people leader, 
we're going to provide you some some framework tools, you know, materials, whatever it needs to be to ensure that you're successful in our role, because we see this as a priority from a culture perspective. And we want to make sure that we're demonstrating the importance of that by providing you the time and tools to be successful. Mm, yeah. So it's, it's establishing those standards and, you know, what the culture is meant to be. And then do you provide training development opportunities for your leaders so that they know how to, you know, set, create that culture, have those conversations, et cetera? Yes. I think it's a work in progress. Mm. You know, we've got some great programs that we've put together. The team actually had, had put together a, a really good program before I got here and we're continuing to kind of add to it. We've got first line managers. We're looking at doing a new supervisor training, which is really going to be focused more on our warehouse environment where that true conversion of individual contributor to people leader, it's happening in a unique environment because a lot of times they're becoming supervisors for what used to be their peers. And that certainly adds a different dynamic from a team perspective. If, if one of the group is now the leader of the group, that's obviously a dynamic that people need to be prepared to manage mm-hmm. because in not all cases, can we move them to a different team, right? You know, perfect scenario would be, you know, leaders would then go lead others versus former peers, but that's certainly not capable, you know, possible in, in every situation. So we kind of started with the middle and we're going down within the organization from a level perspective. And then we'll need to start looking at higher levels within the organization of how to then we prepare some of the higher levels of the organization to ensure that we're getting consistency and cohesiveness, you know, through all of our management levels. Yeah. For over three years now, the Talent Development Hot Seat Podcast has been proudly sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage Performance Group provides creative learning and consulting solutions that equip individuals, teams, and organizations to be the best at what they do. Advantage helps leaders lead, sellers sell, and businesses flourish, and you to be more successful at your job. The Advantage website has great free resources, including this podcast and an amazing webinar series that include topics such as innovation, future storming, inclusion, sales, leadership, and so much more. To get access to all of our free resources, as well as overviews of the solutions that Advantage offers, just head on over to AdvantagePerformance.com. That's AdvantagePerformance.com. You've worked in a few different places. Why do you think so many organizations struggle, not only with retention, but this idea of promoting from within because I see most companies still recruiting mostly from outside to you know, let people leave and then recruit from outside. Why do so many companies struggle with this? I don't know, because it, in my mind, it's completely obvious, right? If you mm. think about the cost of turnover and how you can potentially take that money and reinvest it in your internal workforce, it just seems like that would be such an, a better solution, right? You're getting that connectivity with your employees. You're investing from within. You're doing all the right things. And you're going to get to, in my mind, it's going to equate to better business results because you've got continuity. Every time you bring somebody in externally, there's that learning curve that somebody's going to have to understand the organization, figure out how they can contribute, and then what is it that they're expected to deliver on. You know, that can take, depending upon the role, you know, months to a year before people feel like they finally know, okay, I've got my feet underneath me and now I'm ready to kind of give back. Maybe it's the easier solution. (laughs) easier to hire somebody externally than it is to invest in somebody internally because that does take a lot of time and attention and work. But it's definitely a model that we're really trying to push, not away from, because we're never going to get away from external hiring. It's it's important to kind of bring in that different perspective and and external experience to, to get to the best answer when it comes to challenging work problems and those sorts of things. But 
I do feel like we need to come up with a better balance on that internal mobility and getting people to grow within an organization and then balancing it where you need special skills or expansion. You know, if we've got massive growth, we're, we're going to just have, I mean, mathematically, we just need more people. So getting to a better balance. But like you said, you know, you need more people, you're growing. I used to teach this many years ago. I was working with a SaaS company and talking about the benefits of subscription model and the importance of retention. Because if you're trying to fill a leaky bucket, you know, the more you can stop the bucket, the easier it is to fill it, you know, with the new hires or sales, whatever it is that are coming in. So the retention is just as important, if not as important as bringing in the new hires. I guess the other side of that I would ask is if you're so focused on promoting from within and you're able to really successfully do that, do you potentially miss out on bringing in outside perspectives by hiring uh, outside people? I think a too extreme of a solution either way is not the right answer, right? You mm. do need to have that balance. And, you know, using and leveraging the knowledge of existing employees and blending that with the external perspective to, again, get that best solution to whatever the challenge is, that you find, whether it's, you know, a process in a warehouse and somebody externally is like, hey, you know, I used to do this in a different organization like this and it worked really good. And all of a sudden, you know, problem mm. solved, you know, we can proceed. But then there's also, having that continuity from an internal perspective, you're not constantly at the bottom of that learning curve again, right? If you're trying to get work done and you constantly have new people coming in that you're having to re, you know, train and start over with, that's going to prohibit progress, right? So it's nice. You've got to find that balance and it, it, you know, it's different for every organization. You mentioned talent mobility. This is something that a lot of companies are trying to figure out now, right? Because they're saying, hey, the traditional corporate ladder is kind of changing. A lot of people that might be waiting for promotion, those might not be happening. A lot of people want to try and do different things. And so organizations are trying to figure out how do we create more mobility, you know, more of a framework so that people can move around and try different things or move into different roles. How are you looking at this at SIVA and creating some of that talent mobility so people can find more work they want to do internally versus going outside? I mean, it's on our radar, probably more in the warehouse space right mm. now, just because we've got not duplication of roles, but opportunities tend to be more replicated, right? So it's certainly not something that we're at a point where we can look at, you know, within more of the support functional areas, but obviously something that we hope we can work towards. We're kind of focusing on training and preparing people for their current roles, obviously, you think about career progression, it's no longer the ladder, like you said, it's like a fishbowl mm. and people can go a lot of different ways. We've, we're providing a lot of visibility and trying to create transparency and what those opportunities might be by just unlocking visibility to those opportunities internally. We've got some work to do in, in getting that in, in better shape. But on the warehouse side, we have this concept that we call skills matrix, which is really outlining the expectations and kind of requirements for a particular role and making it visible to everybody within that environment. So this would probably be relevant, like I said, to warehouse. So as a warehouse worker, I know what's expected of me in my current role and what do I need to do in order to progress within that direct line of progression? Or if I have an interest in doing something else, what are the requirements that I need to do in order to make me qualify to do something different? So for example, if I'm a material handler, and I want to work to become a forklift driver, I want to understand what it's going to take to do that. And it's very clear to me through this skills matrix of what that takes, whether it's formalized certification, where do I go to do that? How do I get approval to do that? 
all those sorts of things. So you start to see the cross training and kind of preparation for other different career paths. And we have an opportunity to really build that within our organization, but we're trying to partner with things like QHSC, so quality health, safety, and environment, because obviously it's very operational focused and we want to make sure that we're following safety protocol and then we're, you know, leveraging the work and work instructions and all those sorts of things. So it comes to working with various different parts of our business to really get something like that off the ground. And we're working to, to, to do that kind of early stages, if you will. Yeah, that's great. I wanted to come back to this idea of prioritizing hiring internally. And I'm just curious to kind of cap things from what you were talking about earlier, because you do work closely with talent acquisition as well. And you've been involved in that side and oversee that part. How do you prioritize you know, hiring internally and make sure that other leaders are thinking about that before going to outside? I mean, we're setting in some procedures now. We typically hire for every position that we hire externally. We also will post internally. Very rare would you only position something externally without having it internally posted. We have an internal career site, which people can go access to see kind of what's available. And then when they apply through the internal portal versus the external, they're flagged. We also do referral programs, which really isn't internal, but sort of, at least it's kind of a halfway in between, you know, hiring somebody from within versus a a straight unknown. It's obviously somebody that knows somebody that's going to provide a referral, which in my mind kind of elevates the candidate. So when they're looking, when recruiters are looking at who's applied, they're going to prioritize those internal candidates and those referrals before they look at somebody who's 100% external. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that it's kind of looking at it both ways and making sure that candidates understand when they're applying to internal positions, what that criteria is, you know, things like you have to be in good standing with the organization, you know, anytime they can make that connection outside of just the application, seek out who that hiring manager might be, let their HR person know that they're interested in doing something else. That's certainly going to help and facilitate that process a little bit too. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. That's great. Anything else you would add about the importance of creating this this culture for others that are thinking about trying to make more of a shift like this as well? I mean, I'll quote the great Andy Storch and say, you know, you own your own career, right? I mean, a yeah. lot of this can be driven by the talent function. A lot of this we can certainly coach our managers on, but it's really up to the employee to understand what is it that I want and then going after it, you know, using their network and their connections to provide coaching and feedback to say, you know, do you think this is a feasible, you know, goal for me? What do I need to do to prepare to, to be ready for this role? And kind of owning that aspect of internal mobility, I would say, is just as important as if you were looking for a job externally. So that's something that we need to do a better job of within our organization is preparing those employees and giving them the right tools so that they can determine what do I want to do and how do I get there and use the support tools that I have within the organization. Yeah, absolutely. I agree completely, right? You know, obviously the organization, you need to be able to provide the tools and the pathways and the ways for people to move around and, and the careers for people, the jobs, right? And you want your leaders, as we talked about, to be able to create that culture. But ultimately you want your people to take ownership of their careers, to be proactive and intentional with where they want to go and right. maybe go have that conversation with their manager or, you know, maybe even a recruiter or someone in HR to say, Hey, this is what I'm thinking about for my career. You know, can you help me with this? And it's so much easier to help someone when they know where they want to go and they're just asking for advice versus someone who's just like, I don't know what I want to do. Right. And being vocal about it. You know, I think that's a key factor. Your manager can't read your mind. Your HR person can't read your mind. You need to be able to find your voice to vocalize what you want. If you expect people to help you get there. 
and I think in a lot of ways, people are just waiting some, you know, for somebody to recognize that they're a good performer and tap them on the shoulder. And mm-hmm. it doesn't, you know, it may work like that sometimes, but that's certainly not going to get you where you want to go, maybe in the time frame that you want. Right. Yep. I agree completely. I know you and I are going to talk more soon about how do we teach more people with your organization, how to own their careers so that they are more proactive and intentional and retention continues to go up. Yep. Very good. This has been great, Julian. I really appreciate you coming on and and sharing all of this, uh, what you've been doing. Oh, it reminds me of the last question I did want to ask you. And and I don't know what, (laughs) I don't know what you're going to say for this, but it is kind of funny to me. We had our Talent Development Think Tank retreat back in January, and you were there. We had a small group. It was a really great couple days, you know, really sharing with each other some of the challenges and goals and things we're working on and supporting each other and learning what everybody does. And, you know, everybody's really busy in in these times, you know, that we're working in. But I feel like everybody that had a conversation with you was like, oh my gosh, he does so many things. How in the world do you do all this stuff? And I happen to know, in addition to all the work that you do, managing everything that you do at Tiva, that you're also very committed wife and mother at home to your children and all that sort of stuff. So just curious your approach to like, how do you think about managing your time and prioritizing to make sure you get the the most important things done? I don't necessarily feel like I'm excelling at either right now, <laughs> but nobody's screaming at me. I always, I always joke with my boss. I say, you know, I know I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. As long as I'm not getting yelled at, you know, people aren't coming at me saying, you, you told me you were going to have this and it's not done. What's going on? So my kids are not yelling at me and work is not yelling at me. So I guess things are okay for right now, but I tend to be, I'm a, a little OCD when it comes to organization. And I try and spend time at the beginning of the week to organize my schedule so that I can balance the things that I want to do. I'm, I'm definitely very passionate about my family and making sure that I'm there for them. So being, you know, at school for pickup every day is important to me. And so I work my schedule and make sure that I don't have meetings scheduled or at least rarely scheduled after three o'clock. So I block my calendar. I would say that's my one advice to people mm. is using your calendar to your advantage and making yourself available to other people in the times when you're truly available. And if you have things that you need to get done or places that you need to be, block it in your calendar so that people don't, again, they can't read your mind, right? They don't know that you're yep. trying to put your kids. That's right. Say that you're available at three o'clock. So they're going to snag that meeting. And, and I'm certainly not a no person. So I've learned that very quickly that, I need to just not give them the opportunity. That way I don't have to tell them no. Mm. And if they schedule the meeting when I'm a time I'm available, I don't have to say no. I can say yes. Right. So I do block my calendar, but I would say planning and knowing where to give. So I'll, although I may be at carpool pickup and the soccer games, I don't get to cook that much. So knowing that it's going to be a Chick-fil-A night or a Waterburger night and being able to let go of things like the home-cooked meal every day, Yeah. you know, it, it comes back to priorities, right? It's not always going to be perfect, but yeah, yeah, you make trade-offs along the way, but you prioritize, you know, you're going to be there for your family. And I really appreciate that you mentioned that coming down to the calendar, because I know so many people just let, you know, whatever and, you know, happen on their calendar in reaction mode, like we talked about earlier. And I know from being in the corporate world that when you have open space on your calendar, in corporate, someone's going to take it, right? They're going to book a meeting there. And, you know, I have a little advantage running my own business, but I use Calendly to book in, you know, I send my link to clients and, you know, for you to book this podcast interview. If I don't set the boundaries on when you can book that in, it's going to book, you know, all over the place. And so I'm very big, like you said, on, I walk my kids to school every morning. We have dinner as a family together every night. I make that happen because those times are blocked on my calendar so that nobody can book a meeting in there. 
I always tell my team and my team quote me on this all the time. I'm like, there's things that you can control and there's things that you can influence. And you want to spend your time on the things that you can control. I can control my calendar. I don't need somebody else to do that for me, Mm. you know, and, and don't spend time on things that you can't control or influence. So it's prioritizing that I think really helps as well. And I try not to spend time on things that I can't change, focus on the things that you can and spend time influencing where you, you know, obviously mm-hmm. have the ability to influence, but you know, that's, that's the one that I can control. So I do spend time on making sure that there's a good balance. I love that. That's the ownership mindset right there. Focus on your energy on things that you can control and try to spend less time on the things that you can't control. Well, Julianne, this has been great. Again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing. If anybody wants to reach out and connect with you, I assume LinkedIn is probably the best place to go for that. Yeah, LinkedIn all day. All right, make sure you connect with Julianne. And of course, uh, make sure you're connected and following with following me on LinkedIn if you haven't already. Julianne, thanks again. I look forward to talking to you more soon. Yes, thanks, Andy. All right, that will do it for my interview with Julianne Miles on creating a grow from within culture. I hope you got some value from that conversation on that episode. Have you thought about implementing this type of culture and standard in your company? Do you focus on filling roles internally and prioritize hiring from within? Or Do you maybe have a different priority and you actually really want to get that outside perspective and hire people from outside? I'm sure every organization is different, but I'm hoping that if you are looking to improve retention and prioritize hiring from within, promoting from within, that this episode was valuable for you. I know we talked a lot about a lot of different things, the culture for the employees, frontline employees, leadership, giving people the opportunity to grow from within, talent mobility, helping employees feel valued driving the culture, and many other things. I hope you got value from that. And I do have another episode coming for you in a couple of days with Julianne, where we go through our bonus Q&A round of asking Julianne about her biggest accomplishments and failures in her career so far, and a surprising answer to her book recommendation as well. As I mentioned earlier, Julianne is a member of our talent development think tank community. She has been for two and a half years now since we started it in the summer of 2020. And she'll be coming to our Talent Development Think Tank conference in February 2023. And if you work in talent development and you like connecting with others, you like learning new things, and you probably do if you listen to this podcast, then I would love to see you at that conference and in our community as well. The conference tickets and all the information can be found on the website, which is tdtt.us slash conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. And finally, our podcast is sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage is a professional services firm that is focused on providing great value through experiential learning and other interactive experiences to truly help people up their game and do the best work they can do. They have tons of free resources on their website, a great webinar series going on, and a lot of great solutions that you can bring into your organization as well, including multipliers and many others. You can find all the information about Advantage on their website, which is advantageperformance.com. All right. Thank you again for listening and stay tuned. Our next episode will be my bonus Q&A with Julianne Miles. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again. Take care.